Hi, my name's Sean Shaler. That guy down there is Chris Ford, a.k.a. The Objective Geek of YouTube and Twitter semi-fame. I'm going to stick with semi-fame. I like it. It's catchy. And welcome to yet another episode of Avatar The Last Podcasters, where uh, we are two more guys on the internet talking about Avatar The Last Airbender. I never really thought about a good intro or a good motto for us. I'm going to stop talking now. Chris, how are you doing? I am doing good, Nina. It's It's Friday. That we're recording this day, whatever day it is. I lose track of days. The 16th, maybe. Anyway, uh, doing good. I've been, um, my legs hurt because I decided to buy, you know, the, the Ring Fit Adventure? I've been meaning to buy it, but I'm scared of the price tag. Is it good? It, it The price tag is a little much, honestly. Uh, <laughs> but my, I did, I've only done it fully for one day. And uh, yeah, my going downstairs hurts a little bit and i only did it for like 30 minutes but really the workout was only 15 minutes because like damn tired um but yeah like doing the squats and stuff it's a good it's the the ring itself provides a good resistance and stuff i think um and and going through the going through like the exercise and stuff it's i think it's good i I think it, it engages you right I mean, the idea the is to make you forget about the fact that you're doing some exercise. It doesn't do a good job at that <laughs> yet. <laughs> That's what I would like it to do. I mean, I still play Gold's uh, Gold's Gym like shadow boxing on my Wii, so I'm all about this stuff. But when I see you know 80 buck price tag and it's like never on sale, it's yeah. so infrequently like it's not even in stock. That this website that I follow is called Cheap Ass Gamer, where I look for deals and things like that. They do a great job. They don't show it when it's on sale. They just show it when it's in stock places. I'm like, <laughs> this is an exercise game. In 10 years, and it's going to had... be next to the balance board in bargain bins. And I'm going to be so pissed. But I do want it because it looks kind of entertaining. It's a... Uh... So far, I think it's worth it. I think, I, I mean, I've only done it once. But I think it's pretty good. Um, good to hear. Yeah. I mean... And maybe I think that because yeah, my my legs are uh, are are hurting a little bit, so that means it did its job. I uh, but... I'm I'm just replaying Breath of the Wild too, so I guess I could like take the Wii motes off and like shoot a bow and arrow for real and stuff. But man, I wish that they would and inc- use more games and incorporate the ring because I think it could really work for a lot yeah, of if stuff. You, like, Granted, stretched just stretched the... it for some resistance. That would. Yeah, I mean, like so. Imagine. A Dragon Ball Z game where you you take the ring right and you hold it and like <laughs> you press up against it and that resistance Coming and how much force arrow. you put on it determines how powerful your Kamehameha is. Like the, the possibilities are are there. Granted, the the Joy Cons themselves are so freaking responsive and so they're better than the Wii. They <laughs> and they're not even IR. They are impressive pieces of technology like in the end the wii mode is really just a remote but these these switch nunchucks these switch what do you call them uh joy cons joy cons thank you you just said it i don't know why i couldn't remember they're pretty impressive pieces of technology but uh i'm a tight ass so i'm just playing breath of the wild and god the game's great that, though it's amazing I, I don't i don't i haven't replayed it that much um most of my kids just play it because <laughs> I don't know, it's such a long game. I feel like I've done all this exploring. I have cared to explore, and um, like, all right. it was well uh, worth it. Like the game is worth a hundred dollars, honestly. Oh, like how much easy, you get yeah. out of it. 
a dollar an hour, you're a hundred hours. Yeah. My wife <laughs> likes to do the shrines and things like that, which I I just don't care for as much. Like they're fine, but I would much rather just explore and try to find Korok seeds and and fight bad guys. <laughs> Um, and so we actually still share an account and we probably have mutually, you know, 50 to 60 hours on this replay, uh, where I have yet to like participate in a shrine, except for the test of strength. She's really bad at those. Hope she doesn't listen to this. Oh gosh. That's a strength. I don't like, she's those. really, I don't like them either, but she like just gets frustrated and she starts dropping F-bombs. My wife doesn't drop F-bombs mm. except <laughs> then, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, let's see what else I got going. Um, I was gonna say the um, ah, I was gonna say something. Oh, Lakers won championship. Which that's right. We haven't recorded <laughs> I, since the Lakers won a championship. I got a little scared <laughs> because on our previous episode, we we filmed it earlier, a week earlier than it premiered, and I said, "All right, well, by this point, the Lakers should have won the championship by now," because yeah. <laughs> I predicted five games. But the Heat. No wait, uh, no, were, no, uh, no, no, you sir. You, sir, predicted four games. Theo and I predicted uh, five. You predicted did, four. Um, yeah, we said Lakers That was my five. official prediction. You were officially at four. Absolutely. Don't no, make me, remember, don't I make said me they, go I said they will win. No, I said they will win game three. At least between me and you. We had some conversation where I said the Heat would win game three. You, you did say what, what happened there was that you said if the Heat win a game, okay. it will be okay. game three. Mm-hmm. And so I'll give you that. Right, but then they ended up, was game four well, as well? Or no, they won game five. Game three and five. Okay. Oh, if they won, if they won two in a row, that would have been wild. Momentum, because momentum shifts. Don't be upset, right. but I was one of the like millions and millions of more people that watched football instead of watching game six. <laughs> they they had it wrapped up. I, I wasn't worried about them yet, and I really, I don't love either team at all. Uh, and I don't, for what it's worth, I don't love a ton of NBA teams. I watch the Celtics the most because I really like Brad Stevens, and and uh, I don't really like the Heat either because I don't like Pat Riley. I don't like these. I don't. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Congratulations, Lakers. We haven't recorded since Lakers won. Theo, this is buddy. this this win is for the real Lakers fans, not not LeBron bandwagon fans. This is for the real Lakers fans. They had to suffer through some some, some a little bit of rough years. Right, we had to suffer through, uh, you know, Chris Paul trade that got declined, uh, Kobe Achilles tear, uh, you know, Kobe Kobe's death. Um, I mean, everyone suffered through that as much as a person not knowing him could suffer through it. Um, and this is Lakers' 17th championship, which ties the Boston Celtics for the most in NBA history. And honestly, do we even count those Bill Russell championships? Like it was before the NBA was even whole. It was like. 12 teams and Bill Russell was a man amongst boys. What's that, uh, what's that Daniel Tosh joke about putting the asterisk by Babe Ruth's name for hitting home runs yeah. before black people were allowed to play? Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, at least black people were in the NBA when Bill like... Russell won his championships. But let's say the competition was uh, was like literally less in a literal number of teams. Wait, I'll give you that. Yeah. Um, and so, also, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this: LeBron James, weirdly enough, winning this championship for the Lakers solidifies Kobe's legacy even more, because I think you can arguably say, and maybe because Magic Johnson has said it before, that Kobe Bryant is the greatest Laker of all time. Um, so, with that said, just Kobe Bryant is the greatest. To make. 
there's just tons of, there's so many good Lakers. I mean, no disrespect to Kobe, but you're talking yeah. about Lou Alcindor and Magic Johnson. Uh, I mean, Kareem know. played for the, the Bucks, and then... Yeah, like, but nobody he, he remembers kind of Kareem short... as the Bucks. I mean, what I, I think <laughs> he played like four or five seasons, right? Like, it wasn't a small tenure, but it like nobody thinks of Bucks Kareem. But... Uh, Magic would probably, Magic. I think you're right. I think Magic is the best competition. Yeah. And I would pick Kobe personally for reasons that we have discussed yeah. on this podcast. Uh, so if we say that, that Kobe Bryant's the greatest Laker, that means Kobe Bryant is the greatest player of the greatest franchise in NBA history. So that's, so LeBron winning this solidifies Kobe's legacy more while also helping his legacy because honestly it would have been bad if he came back from 3-1 <laughs> it would have been worse than than the clippers losing to the nuggets up how, 3-1 yeah that was bad uh the how many championships uh i don't know that it was many but my knowledge doesn't go back this far how many championships in like nba like pre-aba merger days did the Lakers win? Like, how many of those championships do we got to put asterisks by? Maybe none. I don't. I don't know my Lakers history. <laughs> uh, I just assume well, the Minneapolis, be... the Minneapolis Lakers, which might have been be- before the merger, won, I think, like two or three. And so it's not as many as the. As the I mean, did Bill Russell win? Ten Bill Russells or whatever. He won ten? so many. Yeah. <laughs> what, like eight out of ten years or something? Just outrageous, like that. Yeah. I don't know my NBA. I wish. Uh, I mean. And it, and if you think about the Lakers in the past twenty years, they've they've won since no twenty. What were you we? They yeah, past twenty years, they've won six times. Like, that's a lot. <laughs> and they've gotten to the finals eight times, and so I mean they've been pretty. I'm gonna say dom- they've been you know in the playoffs a lot in that time. It's- as close to a dominant team other than, you know, a two or three year run of heat and a two or three year run of Golden State. Yeah. Uh, but over a larger scale. Uh, I So I do, I will say that I like it when really good players win championships. And so I was happy for Anthony Davis. But on the flip side, I've been happy for Jimmy Butler. Like Jimmy Butler is just one of those guys that if you watch the NBA, it's, you could not like him because he's mm. not on your team, but. He was gassed in game six. He, he, he put so much he carries into game the whole five. team on on his back. Uh, no yeah. disrespect to the rest of the team. No disrespect. I have a bad Stephen A. impression. Uh, but he carried the whole team on his back for three full games. Like the... <laughs> no disrespect to the man. Um, well, congratulations, Lakers. And uh, long story short, we were all wrong with our predictions because nobody said six games. So, Jimmy Butler, no way to make six. us all look stupid. Uh, little victory in that sense. Um, yeah. Before we get uh, further anyway, I think into, that's out. Go, oh, go ahead. Uh, before we get further into news, I want to apologize to the YouTube watchers, which I think constitutes the vast majority of our watchers and listeners. Um, I'm in the middle of a remodel here. I'm ashamed as a nerd that my room is as messy as it is. But tomorrow, going to put up some drywall. And then um, in a couple of weeks, I'm mounting some TVs on that wall. I'm going to mount two of them on that wall over there. And it's going to be the, the nerdiest nerd cave of all time. I'm going to have mounted computer monitors on one side and all the game shells on the other side. It's going to be great. So it'll happen at some point. Sorry, I'm on Oh, uh, 
Uh, Sean, someone in a recent podcast uh, video at, so you're about to share about harvesters. Uh, they just wanted yeah. you to put a link in, in the descriptions and stuff. I will, in fact, put links in the descriptions. It sounds dumb because I know you'd have been fine with it, but when I'm using your YouTube channel, I'm like, I don't want to deviate from what he normally puts in there. I don't want to ruin his <laughs> Sean, mojo. Do you think I would care? I don't. I didn't know, but when I do this, usually it's like one in the morning, so you're a little bit like, not in like your best state of mind. I was like, I don't want to do that to Chris, but that's not fair. But yeah, you're right. It's only 9.30 right now, or 10 or whatever. I'm still thinking straight. I will put a link in the description. That is November 14th, and I've got like 10 or 11 decent, decent prizes. I've had some very generous donors, and there's like nothing in it for them, so I think it's really cool. Uh big Wii prize bundle, a Switch Games prize bundle, a couple of gift certificates to a few places, a main event, which is like if you uh, like Dave and Buster's for people who don't live in Kansas City. I think there's main events outside of Kansas City. I don't know where. Uh, Dave and I Buster's believe there's one in Tulsa. Um, there's two or three here in Kansas City, and they did, gave like a $300 gift certificate type Holy thing. Holy crap. Well, right, but there's just, a catch. You just call them and they... Uh, you have to like enter a drawing for them, which was weird. I had to win a drawing to get a prize to put in my drawing. But there is a catch yeah. is that you can't win prizes with, it's like a free play. So it's like five members of your family get 60 minutes of free play, but you don't win tickets on free play or that like the, there's bowling, like you get free bowling for an hour for a family of five or six or something, but they don't include the shoes. So it's like $300. There's a catch to, like, everything on there. But it's still a very generous gift. Like I said, they get nothing out of this. So, you know, goodness of their hearts. So, yeah, got some cool prizes. I'll put links in November 14th. $5 for a ticket. Uh, five tickets for 20 bucks. And Harvesters is really great, especially during a pandemic. They feed lots and lots and lots of hungry families. Yep. Thanks for the reminder. I appreciate it. I will go forward with the confidence that I'm going to slap some links <laughs> in your videos this time. All right. Um, all right. My latest videos. I don't have any real latest videos. I have a few ideas of things to work on. So I'm hoping to uh, maybe get a video out maybe next two weeks or so. No promises this time. I barely ma I didn't really make it because last time I promised like on, on a Friday and I got it the Saturday. But it still inspired me to get it done. <laughs> You probably had it done before the video was posted and watched. No, that's not true, but it could have been close. Yeah, yeah. Um, but before we get into the episode, Sean, there are a couple things, a couple news, a couple nits to pick that, you know, I'll go with the news first. Uh, Avatar News, the, um, the Katara, like Pirate Silver comic book came out Tuesday. I've not picked it up. I've not read it because I'm not that interested in that comic, to be honest. Because it takes place like within between books two and three, and it's just Katara. And to me, it's not going to add anything to the lore. It's just going to add things to the wiki. And so I'll read it at some point. I'm not in any rush. That sounded really deep. It's not going to add to the lore, just to the wiki. That was really <laughs> profound. Thank. Um. <laughs> yeah. Um, other Avatar news. Which I was, I'm really excited about today. Like, very excited about. So, Avatar, so far, does their toy licensing through Diamond Select, which I've, I've bought some. I have this one, and then I also have um, the Avatar State Aang. And they're kind of okay. They're 
Oh, they're they're fine. They're fine action figures, I guess. Um, but I even think they're like action when figures. you showed it, you know, our, our our webcam quality is like not so great. So when you showed it, it made the Aang look kind of translucent almost. Like kind of, it made me think <laughs> this of is E.T. not the translucent one. Okay, there we go. There we go. I thought the glare just hit it funny, made me think of E.T. for some reason. I mean, it looks fine as far as an action figure goes. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, so they have so far they've they've gotten three. They uh they have well they have four. Um they will be coming out with a Philo Ozai and a Toph one, I believe. But they're okay action figures. I mean I don't really love them, but they're okay. Um but big news today was announced that um that another toy company has gotten licensing to some Alpha toys and that is McFarlane. McFarlane Toys, I think, makes some of the best action figures, which I'm not a huge, I say that, I'm not like a huge action figure person. If I see one I'm like, oh, that I like, I get it. But McFarlane has just recently gotten like DC's licensee, and they've done such a great job compared to the previous licensors. Like just the way they make the toys, like they're, they're just well built. Um, they're, they're great. Um, trans um i can't think of the stupid word <laughs> they um it, it's a great transition into a different medium so i've and i, I wasn't even that excited when the toys first came out but like like i collect them like i collect pops like they're that good of toys like i have a bunch that i haven't opened yet all right so this is how mcfarlane boxes their um, they're DC toys. This is one of them. This is Batman from another. Yeah, and like, oh, they just do a really good job of just the the details and everything. These are, I feel like these are just the pinnacle of, of what action figure toys should be. So they announced that they'll be making McFarlane toys. Announced they'll be making Avatar: Last Airbender toys and Legend of Korra toys. So I'm really excited about that. Especially Legend of Korra. Legend of Korra hasn't gotten any action figures yet. I think McFarlane has like, also got licenses with I don't remember which professional leagues, but I think they make a number of professional oh, yeah. sports uh, yeah. figures too. So I, you know, surely that's a good thing. Yeah, they just make a lot of great, like so many great toys I have up here. Um, yeah, you probably see, like this. There's a one of my newest ones is this cyborg one. So it's also from a comic book. So if you, you know, I mean, not comic book, a, a cartoon. So this is like you've seen Teen Titans. This is Cyborg from Teen Titans. It's a pretty great action figure, I think. They're pretty sturdy. They're tall. They're big. Like sometimes action figures aren't big at all, and it annoys me because they all kind of start at $20, <laughs> and when it's not a big action figure, just like, ah, whatever. But do you ever looking watch forward the, to that. Not that I, I certainly skip episodes, but do you watch the toys that made us on Netflix? No, I've never seen any of them. Oh, there's one or two episodes in there that I think you'd appreciate. Like the wrestling one. I think so too. I just haven't to gotten to, Yeah, I just haven't gotten to it. There's several that I like skipped and I had no desire to go back and watch, but like the wrestling one is mostly about action figures more than wrestling toys, so uh, I think like that one would catch your interest for sure. But hey, okay. so that's like under the radar good news. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, very under the radar. Um, and also, apparently, we're getting more Legend of Korra comic books, although that's not really news. That's mm. a given. It is a given. It is a given. Um, and it gets <laughs> worse. Okay, Sean. 
uh, fan engagement, or I say fan loosely because I I have because um, <laughs> I have uh, imposter syndrome that we don't have <laughs> we don't have fans. We don't people just watch our stuff. They're they're um, not fans of of us. They're fans of Avatar content, which we. I think some of them are fans. Some of them say they're fans, and I believe them. I just oh, have nice. my own insecurities. Of like no, I don't I have fans. Totally get it. Some people, some people, not all of you. If someone's listening to this, you're not a fan. I didn't mean to call you a fan, but thank you for listening. I don't. You know. I don't have insecurities. I just accurately know that nobody likes me. That's different. It's not insecure. It's uh, it's truth. Uh, I'm listening. Go ahead. Okay. A a person has a nit to pick with you, Sean. Please. So they said, it's a, it's a good nit to pick. It's fun. Well, that's true. Uh, so Watson ninety seven, and our um, the Revelation review. <laughs> he said, "Oh come on, Sean. That's two times now. Apparently, <laughs> you have like when we we talked about fan engagement before, like our fan appreciation thing. You've like." You've been trying to find the name of someone, and you'll say Watson's name, but then you'll be like, oh, wait, no, it's not him. Apparently, you've done that like two times. And I noticed <laughs> it one time, but I didn't notice it the other time. So, you know what's he sad says, is I literally, I not just last podcasters, I follow this person on Instagram. I think, I think he follows me as well. So, it's not like just like working through the side. Like, I actively follow this person. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Hit me with this. Oh, come on, Sean. That's two times now teased me by bringing me up in the previous fan appreciation and said, never mind, that's not who we're talking about. And then did it again on this one. Oh, sorry, dude. That's uh, so hilarious. Uh, Barry, I believe, is your name, and I'm not going to not bring you up this time. Thank you so much, not just for your participation, but in general, we <laughs> share a lot of similar interests on Instagram, and my personal Instagram is better for your presence. Thank you for being a person uh, who enjoys our content, I hope. I told him that I will make sure you know how much damage you're causing. Um, then he says, uh, LOL, his jubilant and carefree nature, once quite beloved, has become destructive. <laughs> so, <laughs> this got me in a nutshell. It's like, oh, this guy is probably just lighthearted. That's probably good. And then later on, they're like, this guy doesn't care about anything. Uh, the... You know, the thing that gets me when we're talking about like interactions and stuff is I try to keep an eye on our YouTube or our, sorry, our iTunes uh, reviews, the YouTube, the thumbs up uh, to thumbs down ratio is always is, is excellent. Um, I think, <laughs> um, but the <laughs> iTunes reviews, there'll be, you know, we've got a number of five stars with like nice comments. And then there's even like a one star, but with like a, with a comment, we've talked about that one before. But then there's like one stars without comments. I'm always like, you should have to say something if you're going to leave me one star like that. Like, give me something to, to work off of. And and so I'll just yeah. stare at those and I'll try to guess. I'll just start talking to myself and I wonder what parts they didn't like. Maybe they tuned into a bad episode like the Disney episode where we got top five Disney movies. And they're like, I hate Hercules. <laughs> and they gave me a one star because I said Hercules. Um, and then I'll just sit there and talk to myself while I stare at this one star review with no explanation for like 30 minutes. But... For what it's worth, yeah, yeah. the people that leave good reviews or even the people that have left uh, uh, lower reviews, but they've said, like, nice and or constructive things. And that's really nice to hear. Like, that makes me feel like people are actively engaged in what we're doing yeah. and they're going out of their way to leave that feedback. So that's pretty cool. Thank you for any feedback yeah. via any social medium. Yeah. He also... Uh... 
Nick to pick, pick the Nick with me a little bit. Um, just about how uh, he, he he said that like we give Cora kind of a pass on some things that we didn't give, or maybe me personally, I give Cora a pass on her being like rude and or something like in the previous episode where she uh, went on the, the date with Boleyn and, and stuff um, compared to like probably how we, we gotten on to Katara or someone else in the previous uh, series, which we had a good conversation about that. Um, so at least, Sean, you're not alone in that. Um, and also story elements and how, like, uh, I probably rated some story elements in, in Legend of Korra higher than some episodes in, in like, um, Avatar. But I think that comes down to, like, the stories are, are so different in their approach that Avatar stories are, episode stories are, are usually self-contained and it doesn't, um, it doesn't greatly expound it's, it's on, on the plot of the story or, and so... Cora kind of just does that more. I think in the previous episode, my story ranking rating is probably a little high. But, oh, yeah, I haven't given you ratings for this one yet. Doesn't uh, matter. We'll figure it out. You have. You gave them to me last time, and then we got really tired because oh, we yeah, were talking with... Uh, okay. We talked a really long time with Theo because we had a great time. So I think I've got them in there. If we get there and they're, like, way off, uh, then you can pick another nit with me, and that is absolutely fine. And as far as the Cora thing, you, you could be right, although I would like to think that I am slightly harder on Korra or slightly less forgiving of Korra than you and like personality wise I mesh much better with Aang so I'd like to think maybe between the two of us there's at least some semblance of of bounce like if we are leaning one way or the other that there's that there's some kind of give and take yeah and, and he brought up how <laughs> he brought up the episode that I was probably the most harsh on Katara which was um oh wait or, 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 harsh, or harsh on Aang um, no, Bottle of the Water Tribe, which Bottle of the Water Tribe... Uh, well, it's just a crap episode, with. yeah. Yeah. And so, the thing is, I know in Season 2, I'll have probably more negative things to say about Korra. Uh, but I don't think this, still the, a lot. But in this but... first season of Korra especially, there's no there's no downtime. Like, there are 10, 10 episodes of like, hey, we gotta get it. This humongous yeah. story arc across in 10 episodes, like, not to say there's not bad episodes, but there's a lot going on in this season. There's not a lot of downtime. Uh, but yeah, hopefully we have some semblance of balance. Like I said, I tend to be a little more defensive of Hang than Korra. So if you're the reverse, some balance. Hang sucks, Sean. No, I'm kidding. I like <laughs> Is that like an airbender joke? Like, Hang sucks or blows. Hang blows. That would have been better. Mm. Anyways. That's hey, let's, uh, and then on, on that segue... Let's jump into this episode. I am very excited to talk about this episode. It's kind of wild. You ready to roll? Good. I am. We've been talking for like 26 minutes now. Oh, that's Just fine. 27. It, eh, that's fine. Yeah. For what it's worth for other people, it's like, yeah, when we record bi-weekly, so then it feels like we haven't talked to each other in like two weeks, and people win finals championships, yes, and other weird stuff happens, and also go vote. That's right. Go vote. All right, I'm done. Okay. At first, I was like, "Wait, the Mets, are we not going to have a podcast again until after the everything will change?" I think you have to but have no. registered. Registration is over now. Uh, my mail-in ballots just came in the mail today, so hopefully you're starting to get. If you did mail-ins, hopefully they're starting to show up at your house. And then go go drop those in ballot boxes if you're concerned at all about the mail. There's ballot boxes, official ones everywhere. They're big. They say it, I, and you put your mail-in ballots right in those boxes. I am voting in person because 
it never takes me that long to vote, sadly, compared to other we <laughs> other people. Uh, are like geographically it, blessed about being able to vote in person if you want. Like it like it makes me like like when I when I see like huge lines of people voting, like being like, Oh yeah, it took me two hours, five hours, ten hours, we're waiting. And I'm I'm like, Man, that that's great. Like I'm glad you guys are so committed to this democracy. That's, um, it but it should wrong. not yeah, like like I've voted, you know, since I've been able to vote, you know, dozens of times. Yeah, well, maybe not dozens. Of times. Dozens. Of t- how the hell old are you? I'm thirty-two. You have, so what have you? Yeah, voted? that makes sense. No, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> you like, voted like five like times. <laughs> dozens of um, times. <laughs> I mean, okay, local elections and stuff. I'll give you that. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah, Sean, come on. Yeah. Um, but like on average. I probably wait five minutes at most. Mm-hmm. Like that's you know white room. Yeah, that's from getting out of my car to to vote. So on average, the most I've I've waited was probably twenty minutes, and that's probably because that was my first time voting. It was at college, and they probably just had more people there, and I was like right there, right when they opened up, because it was because I had to have, had class at like. 8 30 or 9 or something and so things are typically more busy right when things first open up but yeah man voting voting should be way easier it should like, it's a, even here you know we don't think in kansas city is a huge city but i know there's districts in kansas city that are that not maybe not full two hours but like approaching that number which is just it's kind of weird to think about um i could vote in person yeah. i live like a mile from the voting office um, I just, I find that when I do the mail-in ballot, it like takes away any potential excuse. Like nothing's going to pop up that day where I can't like still stop and drop my mail-in thing. So I've always been yeah. a, a mail-in guy, but Hey, some people like take this okay. to heart. Like they go vote in person. It's like a, like an event. Um, I love voting in person. Yeah. It's very American feeling, but yeah, go, go vote though. All right, we can talk about the episode now. I felt like we had to say something. The episode, yeah. <laughs> all right, the aftermath. All right, a lot of stuff happened in the previous episode. And this one starts off a little more calmer. <laughs> we don't know. So, uh, Mako and Bolin are staying at the Sato State, which they set up a little conflict with Korra because Korra's like, hey, guys, you guys have come stay. I, I worked it all out with Tenson. You guys come stay at, at the Air, Air Temple. They're like, oh no, we'll stay in it with Asami in her mansion. <laughs> and um, which that I like how it, it starts to paint this. It does a good job of doing ebbs and flows of Korra's and Asami's relationship on how like it's competitive. No, it's good. No, we're competitive. So And Asami's uh, like pretty graceful throughout. It's really like if we're gonna be hard on Korra, for example, like Asami is handling it with grace and, and politeness. Yeah throughout and i think this is a, honestly this is a good episode that everyone is honestly at maybe except for mock it's maybe except for Mako one time i think everyone is acting fairly the best Pretty way that cordial. they kind of can yeah. i right? mean Mako, so, even Mako getting mad is righteous but we'll get there yeah so um so they're staying there cora is hanging out with them and they're all swimming at the pool and stuff like that um asami goes and the thing I love about this about Asami is that Asami goes out of her way to like take Korra aside and do something fun with Korra. They go on a nice like Korra. Asami's like, hey, you know, we can go racing in these cars, which is so cool. You know, Asami 
as a race car driver. I want to, if I ever write fan fiction, which I will, <laughs> those are like famous last words. If I ever write um, fan fiction, says the guy who just otherwise downgrades fan fiction. I know. Um, what would Jamie say? I want, I want like a fan fiction of someone just like doing. Uh, the Alphatars is living our normal life, right? Like, I, I want a story of like Cora being a pro bender, like having an actual career in pro bending, right? And we talked about like she's LeBron James, like have a whole career of it, you know? Like, like the has, from has the beginning, even though like not not this kind of late stumble in thing. Like, no, she's a bending prodigy from the start, and they get her in at like twelve, and she's already taken over. Yeah. Well, I mean, just like right now, like, right, right. She was in pro bending. They went to the championship. Just have her continue her career as a pro bender while also being the avatar. That'd be kind of cool. Being like, oh, hey, look at the newspaper. Oh, Cora had like seven knockouts. Also, she apparently stopped this equalist movement. Like, it would, it would just, I don't know, add a couple layers to her. I also, just, I want to see her dragging Zajunas Ilgaskis and Booby and and Booby Gibson to the finals as a as like a twelve year old or whatever LeBron was. I want to see that. Yeah. He, was, <laughs> he was eighteen and he already had more facial hair on his face at that one time than I'll have in my whole life. That's astounding. Uh, also, also, so the Cora and Sami are like living their life right together, living wherever they're living at, living living the the married. Well, maybe not married. I'm sure married life, and like Asami's a race car driver slash entrepreneur slash business woman, and Cora is the avatar slash uh, pro bending person. Like they're just living, they're just it's selling life. But I, don't um, know, I just like the idea of avatars having having a uh, other other things in their lives besides trying to. Keep the world in balance. Normal, but rich person normal in this specific episode. Mm-hmm. Which, you yeah. know, you never got to see from Aang at all. Um, yeah, so uh, Simon does a race car thing, which they do a good job showing her, like, darker side, right? She, like, cuts off that guy and stuff. And, and, I, and I do love how they connect. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of people, like, speculate, like, this is when Asami knew <laughs> she was trying to hit on Cora. Maybe trying to get Cora showing off a little yeah. bit, uh, like subconsciously. I don't know. I wouldn't argue. Yeah. I just want. Never mind. I was about to ruin a show, and I don't want to mention it now. Oh yeah, don't do that. But because yeah. <laughs> yeah. um, the uh, anyway, so Cora's there, and then she starts to. She sees Sato in his office talking about Cabbage Corp. Oh, we didn't mention that Cabbage Corp came back, or not came back, but the Cabbage Man's legend his legacy lives on in cabbage Corp. and then he gets like framed or something in this episode right yeah 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 the episode starts off with them raiding cabbage Corp, and then and then there's a statue because he was framed chris it's not his fault yeah he's like no not my cabbage Corp. and then of course you know after our fans all laugh at that because the callback (laughs) i laughed at that where's foamy mouth guy now chris you know what Dead in a ditch or something. He's I don't. I don't know where he's at. Dead in a ditch. Wow, <laughs> that dead. got pretty dark. I don't know where he is. Dead in the ditch. <laughs> so like, like he has some drug problem that makes him foam. Probably. <laughs> you know, 
Well, it's obviously rabies, and I don't know how long you live with rabies, but there's no known cure, according to the movie Cujo or something. Um, according also, to Scrubs, there's a great, my favorite episode of Scrubs. Um, if if you ever watch Scrubs, Scrubs watch this episode. This, this episode's called My Lunch. Um, it starts off, there's three patients, and Dr. Do you know Dr. Cox? Mm-hmm. All right. So Dr. Cox has like three patients. They all need transplants or they're going to die at some point. One person needs, uh, they all need various things. One person needs a kidney and he could probably last, you know, a couple months without a kidney. But this patient comes in, um, well, they, they know this girl and she was like, and they saw her at the hospital or they saw her out while they're treating these three patients, like during the same time. And like, they see her and they know her from before cause she came to the hospital and she's like really annoying. She just like talks her head off. And JD is like, man, I'm really, I'm so annoyed by her. I'm so annoyed by her. And she, uh, she, um, she, she was really annoying to JD. And then the next day she comes into the hospital and she dies or she's dead. She's, she's dead, but she was a donor. So she can donate to these three people. And JD like blamed himself for her death because JD is like, she was annoying because, you know, there were signs there that she, they think she killed herself. Um, her, she was, she was saying, she was having, she was telling them like, oh, hey, I'm lonely and stuff like this. But she was like being still been annoying about it. And, uh, and Dr. Cox was like, listen, you can't blame yourself for these, for this death. Like if you do that, you'll go down the wrong path. All right. So then they use her kidney, they use her organs and they donate them. Patients start feeling good and everything. Dr. Cox is feeling great. He, he saved three people. <laughs> and JD's still feeling bad about it. And Dr. Cox lifts him up, tells him, like, listen, you, you gotta, you'll save more people. Um, you can't keep, you can't weigh this down or you'll never get over it. You'll never be a, a good doctor. You'll never be able to live with yourself if you blame yourself for, for your patient's death. And especially this one, because this one didn't even come into the hospital. We just met her out in a while. Um, and so it, all the patients start crashing. Like the organs start failing and everything, and uh, and they don't know what 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 happened, why it's not working. Turns out, she did not kill herself. She died of rabies, and and Dr. Cox is like, I I was so in a rush to get organs for these people that so so far since so like two people died, two of the three died. And he's blaming himself. He's he's like at lunch or he's in the on-call room. And he's he's just like so frustrated. Not frustrated. He's saddened and, and, and ashamed, and so many feelings that I'm sad. Johnson right now, man, to tugging at my heartstrings. Yeah. So two of the three patients dies, and he's feeling down. So JD, right? His he no longer has that burden that he had in the previous episode because she died of rabies. She didn't kill herself. Um, and he goes and talks to her. Talks to Doctor Cox. Like, listen. You told me this isn't your fault. Like you can't blame yourself for this. It's like, all right, I brought you some lunch, and we're going to eat it together. And right when JD feels like he's going to get to Doctor Cox, he's going to save him. He's going to pull him back. They get a beeper, a page on the beeper, and Doctor Cox is trying to, and the guy who needs a kidney patient with, who who, he was the last one who was surviving. Um, he started crashing. Doctor Cox is just trying to resuscitate him, and resuscitate him. And he dies, and Dr. Cox is just mad. He just flips everything over. He's just, it's a great acting by Johnson McGinley. He's just like, no, no. He's just, and he's just furious. And and uh, and, and before that, 
JD was saying that, like, you can't blame yourself because one thing would have been irresponsible to even test for rabies. Like, it doesn't happen that often. You would have been wasting valuable time that these people did not have. And then, and then once the guy with kidneys died, Dr. Cox is like, he, he had enough time. He could have gone another three months without a kidney. And then Dr. Cox falls into this, like, deep, deep depression. <laughs> um, it's a great, great episode. Why you got to do this to me right now, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> Go watch My Lunch, an episode before that. It's the, the two. My Lunch is probably one of the best Scrubs episodes. I love that episode. I'm trying to break my heart. I can't do it. I can't. I'll be dead from that TV show. From Sadness. Oh, man. Going off on tangents here today. But... I don't even know what started that tangent. I don't remember it. We were talking about all emotional. <laughs> Gotta find a tissue and there's not one in here. I don't keep tissues in my happy room, Chris. <laughs> um, I don't okay. remember how anyway. we got here. Yeah, anyway. Oh, well, Cabbage Corp, funny uh, enough guy, rabies. Sees... Yes, there we go. Uh, Cora sees Sato saying shady stuff like, all right, Cabbage Corp is gone. Now we can move in. Um, so she thinks Sato's behind the equal stuff. She tells Lynn and and Tenzin, which I think is good. She didn't try to tackle this by herself, right? This is <laughs> this is Cora going down the proper channels. <laughs> um, so they go searching, they find nothing, and Mako is like, "How could you do this? Like, like are you just jealous of me and Asami?" Which that that was one statement that I was like, mm, "Mako, I mean, it's he didn't. I guess it's a handle it." perfectly but and yeah like i get his frustration but no he didn't handle it yes it's within the realms of i guess possibility but also that's a small thing um but course like and you can tell course not doing this because she might be jealous of asami i mean because also before that she seemed to be friends with asami and so she you can tell she's doing this because she really thinks sato's behind this uh so it turns out so they go back um, there's some shady guy tells him pretty much like, Hey, he's hiding. They search his estate. They don't find out. Then the shady guy says, Hey, he's hiding all his stuff underneath his house. They go back down and look and, uh, and in the workshop behind the house. Yeah. The workshop behind the house. There and Lynn does her, uh, her yes, which was, thing. Which is cool. Cause that was the first <clears throat> I, I geeked out definitely the first time I saw that. I kind of dug it's it. It's like, oh, she's doing the, she's doing I the just, top I, thing. Like, it would have been fine without it, but I just like the level of detail. Like, oh, she got to use her feet to, to feel it. I like more sensitive. I, I don't know. It's nice, nice touch. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so they go down there. Mako and Bolin stays up with the Sami. And, uh, and it's a trap. <laughs> Which at first I didn't think it was a trap. <laughs> Even like really for for some reason, I didn't even put this together that they, that Sato planted that guy that mole to give them information. Probably because I think that's not the brightest idea. Right? There's like, just you're too already... many loose ends for how that could have gone wrong. I wasn't fond of the idea that it was set up, but it it's just a loose yeah, end I mean, that I... couldn't that may not have worked out. I mean, I guess if if you have if, if the avatar is is so sure that you're behind behind this, and she has great influence over Tenzin and the police chief, and then I guess maybe if you're that worried about it, you 
you take that risk and you try to capture the avatar um, and, and Lynn, and, but then you, you just, it's, it's a dumb, to me, it's not a great plan by, by a smart guy. <laughs> that, that's, that's the worst part I'll say of this episode. Cause to me, you, you got the public perception that you're still this outstanding person. They search your place. There's nothing there. All right. You don't, you don't have to force a hand even more. So to me, I would have kept that mole there also because it, it plays more into that. what that mole guy said was like, listen, I was down for Amon, right, about equalist stuff and everything. And what he was saying was making sense. But this is, you know, he's gone too far. To me, that's a good story element because that provides some legitimacy to Amon's calls. Like, hey, listen, he, he makes some really good points, but he's gone a little bit too far. Instead, it's just like a guy just being a plant. And it's a shame because, yeah, it's a very believable, uh, very believable pitch. Yeah, no, I agree. I don't. I don't care for the timing. I feel like there's too many ways that it could have backfired, and kind of does. Yeah, it does. Yeah, uh, it's okay though. It's a minor, minor yeah. detail. Um, so then it's a trap. Uh, Sato has been making mech suits, which is really cool steampunk mech suits, which. He says it made of platinum, which apparently I don't know the properties of platinum, but apparently it is more pure than <laughs> than, than metal. I I don't know either, but I, it sounds fancy, so I'm on board. I know when I'm yeah. playing Dragon Quest, I buy platinum swords. But I do think there's a good fight here. Oh man, seeing Lin and it's like alien. And he's in the mech suit and stuff. Oh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, and I love I love seeing Lin fight because Lin. So far, you've only seen cables that she uses but now she like throws out the freaking <laughs> the, the like spike things out of her arm and she uses them like it just makes her i don't know more ba like it almost reminds me of a mole right the badger moles like i don't know having those maybe that's what they're inspired by like this i uh <laughs> it literally made me i just watched x-men one and two there's a weird smattering of x-men on disney plus it's not the whole gamut but gambit but literally made Damn me it. watch did you say that on purpose uh i didn't think of that's funny um unintentionally funny. <laughs> i must, I must grab for, my gambit pop thanks for catching that uh no. but it literally made me go watch x-men 1 and 2 because i was like oh that's very wolverine of her by the way x-men 1 and 2 maybe don't hold up quiet as well as i think they hold up great they're not X-Men 1. X-Men 2 does. X-Men 2 is better X-Men... than 1, and I love First Class and Days of Future Past, but First Class Me too. is not on Disney Plus right now, I'm afraid. Yeah. I haven't watched it. So I've had Disney Plus for probably the past five months, whatever amount, and I have only used it. I'll say 95% of my use of it is uh, is just watching X-Men Evolution. I highly recommend watching that cartoon. It is a fantastic cartoon. Like so many people prop up the animated series, the X-Men animated series from the nineties. And it's a honestly, 90s. that's so like it's it's fine. nostalgia. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but X-Men Evolution, I think it's some great storytelling. It does a great job showing the dynamic of mutants and humans, especially in like season three. Um, it's a great show, really great show. I will consider it. I've got about half a season of <laughs> MHA left. I mean, no, I'm, I'm coming around. I've got about half a season of oh, MHA that's... left. Um, things things getting pretty big in MHA. Uh, but then I don't have my next show necessarily booked up yet. We'll see. 
I do. Yeah. See, I did see that when I was searching for X Men. But that that one scene of her like throwing out those metal claws, like that's kind of Wolverine. And then I was like, I wonder. Oh yeah, you know? yeah. Good point. <laughs> um, but then they get beat by the mech suits, and then Mako and Bolin gets down there, and they try to <laughs> they try to save uh, Tenzin. <laughs> I'm only laughing because when Bolin gets caught. He says something funny. I can't remember because I watched the episode two weeks ago. It's been a while. He's like, oh, hey there, Mr. Sato, in your creepy underground game. <laughs> Which, it was probably improvised because uh, PJ Bryan, Mike DiMartino, has, not Mike, Brian Canisco has said plenty of times that, like, working with PJ is, is hilarious. He, he, he's, he'll never say he has a favorite voice actor to work with, but he'll say, like, some of his favorite moments come from just the improv that that PJ, who's the voice of Bolin, does. Earlier in the episode, he had the thing with the towel where he like he's like, "Hey, Cora, watch this," and he like snapped for the butler to come up and give him the towel and dry him off. Like the butler dries him off and dries off uh, Pabu, Pabu, and then he jumps right back in the pool. And that's kind of funny. Now, that that would annoy me. <laughs> yeah, it would super piss me off. Um. So then they end up catching. Um, Great fight. Catching heart Mako to heart Bowen. moment. Uh, yeah, they they really do this like Star Wars thing where Sato, well, the Sato goes full on like evil villain at this point. He's like, "Join me, Asami. We can be a family." It, he, yeah, he doesn't really hide it at all. He's just like, "Listen, uh, some bad guys uh, killed your mom." And now I think all of the people like them need to die. And that's <laughs> was pretty extreme yeah. right out of the gate. But, uh, but Asami... And, uh, Asami was smart. Asami took the glove first, <laughs> then shocked him. And uh, also, Asami takes out... Wait, is the lieutenant there? No, the lieutenant's not there. <clears throat> but Asami does take out some other people. So, uh, yeah, she did a great, great job there. And they and conveniently yeah, threw in earlier terrible. that she was very skilled in the martial arts because she had to learn to protect herself. Uh, yes. Another maybe potential pickup line for Korra. So, a <laughs> lot of... There's there's a there's an episode, I think in the previous one, yeah, wherever I think Korra has that ball. And, um, and Asami says to Maka, like... I feel so so safe around you, and and somebody uh, did a fan fan art of like Cora sneaking into the into the wagon that they're in, being like, "Hey, you want to feel safe? Me, I'm the meet me the Avatar. You know, Master of All Four Elements. I can make you feel safe." (laughs) 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 So this is a case where uh, you know I don't remember a lot of details from the show specifically. But I remembered that Asami like made the right choice. So like I wasn't surprised when she did it. And yet it was done very well. It's a lot of drama. And so even I was watching, I was like, does she do this right away? Is this like right now? Is this it? And so even knowing the outcome, they still did a really nice job like building up the drama before she uh, zaps her dad. Because she is yeah. a strong, independent woman. Way to go, Asami. That was beautiful. She don't need no man. No. She don't need a father. I mean, she didn't need Maka. I mean, even Cora then was like, hey, go check on Asami. She needs you. Because Maka then apologizes, like, oh, sorry, I accused you of just being jealous 
and you were legitimately concerned about the world. And you were just, and then proceeded to walk us into a trap, a very well laid but poorly <laughs> timed trap. Yeah, and I don't remember. What um, else yeah, that's, after that. uh, that's pretty much the episode from there. I think so. I felt bad because I watched I watched the episode two weeks ago, and I don't have uh, as much. Well, uh, we for me it was even like three weeks ago because like yeah. I didn't you know I didn't prep. I didn't incorrectly prep for our NBA avatars video that day. I incorrectly prepped like that whole week. So I had already watched the episode. So it's been a while, but I, uh, Hey, nobody said anything like too harsh on YouTube. Nobody's like, I'm going to stop. One of those one star reviews is probably cause I don't know how to listen. They, they didn't say it, but that's probably what one of those one star reviews is. Um, gosh, that was a lot of fun though. I can't wait to do NFL anyway. Yeah, great episode, though, and uh, it really does start off very chill, and there's a lot of, like, quirky, goofy humor and campy, sitcom-y stuff, and at the end, you get this beautiful, dramatic, uh, probably in the top two or three important moments in all of uh, of this season, mm. I think. I know it's just ten yeah, episodes, so point. it's not a huge bucket, but it's really important turn. Yeah. All right, let's go do some ratings. All right. Ratings, story, audiovisual, <laughs> gave it an eight and a half. Um, there was a lot of good stuff with the fight. Yeah. Uh, story, I believe I gave it an eight, a nine. You did nine on this nine. nine? Okay. No, I'll probably, yeah, that's a little high. I mean, you can, you can change it. Nothing's official. I don't know. Um, okay, I'm giving it eight and a half. Okay. Um, yeah, Asami took a, that, that's some good storytelling there. And I, I think I like in stories where there's conflict, but it doesn't feel forced. Like Korra has conflict with Mako and Asami. They have conflict with her, but it's all reasonable conflict. Uh, So I I really um, like that. Conflict that would feel forced. You kind of touched on it earlier. Was that like, what if Katara, Katara, I'm so sorry, Korra had decided to like take on Sato herself and it would have just been like mm. her against the world. And that would be like a very easy thing for any TV show to do is like, oh, she's hot headed, so she's going to barge in. Uh, but I do, I hate when that happens when like the easiest thing in the world to avoid that would be go tell mm. Tenzin and Lin. And she did. And we still got a yeah. great episode. So that's the difference between like good organic conflict and forced conflict for the sake of TV reasons, I guess. Yeah. Uh, memorable, I gave it a 8 out of 10. I was just saying, that wasn't higher than that. Um, really good episode, really good Asami stuff here. I think this is a, a very important episode um, for Asami. And the plot, again, it, it keeps uh, keeps moving. Uh, so I suppose this would be closer like 8.4 would be my best yeah. guess. Eight, let's call it 8.4. Quick math. I did 8.5 on audiovisual because uh, it's not 100% the whole way through, but there's some really cool stuff. And I'm all about underground layers. I love a good underground layer. That's great. Uh, story, um, 8.5 for the same reasons. It's not like it's it's going to cling to every moment, but you absolutely need it. It's important. It's well, well done at the end. Very dramatic. Very cool. 8.5. And then memorable. A very 8.5 again. Um, I do. I often do think uh, that the end of this episode, I already kind of said, is probably one of the more impactful, or at least one of the moments 
that I like that I remember specifically from my first watch through. Like I remember mm. Asami turning okay. on her dad. Uh, even as I was watching it, it's still very dramatic and tense. But um, something about the end of this episode really sticks with me, and I think it's a big turning point. Like we're in climax territory of season one now, and that's very exciting. So eight point five. I'm presuming that puts us at uh, you know eight point four and a half. So eight point five, yeah. which is hey, that's a that's a solid episode right there. <laughs> uh yeah, great. It's a, it's a great episode. This Cora only pick Legend Cora only picks up from here. It, it doesn't stop, which is such an interesting dynamic between it and, and Avatar: Last Airbender. Avatar: Last Airbender. You know we ran across probably more filler-ish episodes than we care to admit, but you're also looking at a story arc that spans three seasons, so this is a very sharp yeah. shift in tone yeah, for a I whole would... story arc that you got to fit into ten episodes. is a huge shift. Yeah, which is interesting. When Mike and Brian was first uh, pitching Avatar, they're like, yeah, we only need like ten or twelve episodes, which so, <laughs> which is what they did with Korra. Um but then the, the you know execs came back and said, well, hey, can you do 20 episodes a season? And they're like, yeah, sure, we can. Which I'm really glad they did that. Because to yeah. me, out of those filler episodes, I would only get rid of like three. You know something. what we should do sometime that would be fun, though, is like, hey, uh, Avatar The Last Podcasters, I'm framing this question as if somebody else is writing it to us. <laughs> like, hey, what if you had to fit the whole thing into one season, 20 episodes? And so we got to narrow down... Maybe not the 20 episodes from the show, but like the content that we would use to fill 20 episodes. That'd be fun. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I used to think about that, like how I would cram, cram a season into like a two-hour movie. <laughs> like what what episodes are vital. And then M. Night Shyamalan comes along and is like, I know how you can fit it into three movies. <laughs> uh, Go M. away, M. M. Night. Night. Get out of here. What are you doing <laughs> in my house? Um, yeah, so, it, I mean, it's hard to believe that we've only got three episodes left. It feels like we just started, but again, it's just that shift in, in pace and tone and everything, and it's exciting. I'm, I'm super duper digging this season on this watch through. Yep. And that's all I got to say about that. Uh, next week we're going to do something a little different. I'm going to go back to a what if episode. We haven't done one of those in a while. And we talked about fan fiction earlier, Chris. That's a nice segue because the things that I came up with for our next episode, <laughs> very fan fiction-y. So come join us next week for that. In the meantime, I'm Sean. That's Chris, a.k.a. The Objective Geek. We are Avatar, the last podcasters. And uh, I will post links in the description and then go back and check out all of our other stuff as well and other hand motions that you want to make. Um, <laughs> audio only people, Chris is making lots of hand motions. It's very entertaining. Go check out the YouTube videos. You know what? Audio only people, if you really are audio only, kind of across the board, go check out Chris's channel on YouTube. He has lots of other not hour long pieces of content, much more like 10 minute palatable pieces of great avatar and TV show content. So yeah. if you are audio only, have a minute hop over to youtube and search the objective geek um, because the whole show our show benefits from that as well from your viewership so thanks a lot everybody come back next week and we'll talk to you soon i'm shaking now i'm just cold <laughs>